I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. So many lenses, so little time. So exciting. <laughs> Some nice frames. Nice frames I'm seeing. Some over nice here. frames here. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at us on the YouTubes, we all got <laughs> frames here because mm-hmm. we're ready to dive deep. Today, we are talking about the 2008 French psychological horror film, Martyrs. Martyre est un être exceptionnel, mademoiselle. Il survit à la souffrance, il survit à la privation de tout. On charge des mots de la terre et il s'abandonne. Il se transcende. Vous comprenez ce mot? Il se transfigure. And now, this film was directed and written by a one Pascal Loger. And at the risk of totally butchering everyone's uh, name that stars in this, I am going to refrain. But let me tell you, these performances by these beautiful women are quite gorgeous. And I would love to have known their thought process in going through uh, this movie because it is a doozy. But before we get into all of that, special, special announcement. We have a special guest with us again, a one Sydney. Hello. How are you? Hello. I'm so good. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited Yay. to be back. Yes. We're so happy to have you uh, back here. Listeners, if this is your first time hearing Sydney, seeing Sydney, go back to our episode. Uh, what I was saw it? The, the devil. devil. I, see, I saw, I saw the, devil. the devil. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, How could you where, forget that trauma? Yeah, I will never forget. No. <laughs> oh, we, we saw him all right. <laughs> Many incarnations of the devil. The thing is, is that, of course, I don't forget the images. It's just yeah. so many, like, I saw the devil, devil's here, evil dies tonight, like, whatever the case may be. <laughs> like, it's, it's there, all in the brain, just spinning. Just but believe around. me... The images are still uh, ever present, and Sydney has graced us with yet another uh, <laughs> movie that will be burned in the intercrevices of my yeah, sorry. brain. But, but also, you're welcome. but we're so happy to have you uh, here to talk to us about this movie um but also sydney please tell us where people can find you uh i hear you have a new podcast like tell us everything 
Yeah. So you can check me out on TikTok. That's where I started here, Horror Chronicles. And I did just start a new podcast in the last couple months or so. It's called the Hello Sydney Podcast, obviously, because brilliant. I love Scream and I'm Sydney. So Um, (laughs) yeah. So I actually, one of my earlier episodes was about martyrs because that is my probably top five favorite horror movies of all time. And that's a big deal. Oh, wow. Okay. It's a very big deal. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, Also talking about top five, Sydney, I just have to say that your top horror movies of 2023 TikTok just made my list uh, feel so validated because (laughs) as uh, a a connoisseur of horror and so knowledgeable you are, it was really nice to get your take on, especially some of the movies that were um, kind of overhyped in a sense. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it was just really nice that you're like, listen, y'all, I like Saul. And I'm like, oh, yes, that's why I love Sydney. Number one. Yep, number one. No shame. Saul is fantastic. Right. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for uh, being here with us. And uh, make sure you guys follow her on TikTok. Again, uh, Horror Chronicles will plug that again. Uh, But we're here to talk about martyrs. And so uh, heavy spoilers for this. uh, 2008, you can watch it on Tubi with ads. um, And you will need those ads as a break from everything that's (laughs) happening. excited to, to discuss this, uh, but Jamie, please give us all the trigger warnings. I don't know. It's all of them. <laughs> Everything. Like, can I just say every, any and all triggers? Uh, I mean, there's child abuse, there's adult abuse, uh, mm-hmm. just like torture of all, of all varieties. Um, yes. There is a uh, murder of adults and children. Um, there is a uh, uh, self-harm, suicide, uh, mm-hmm. creepy secret societies, uh, the uh, mentions of the afterlife, um, also flaying alive. Uh, can't yeah. forget Oof. that. Um, this movie has everything. I will say everything. the only thing that this movie does not have is sexual assault, and that's actually what makes it not classified oh, as a new French extremity. That's the only so, thing that stops ooh. it. I know we're not this, there yet, but that's my first like of this movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's so interesting. I never even thought about that because you are kind of oversaturated with everything else. But at the end of the day, I will. Be, I am very happy that there is not uh, any kind of sexual trauma yeah. in, mm-hmm. in this in this movie. Yeah. Uh, great. Yes. Well, as Jamie said, there is everything. Um, the flaying, especially I went to the museum of torture in Chicago and they have like, uh, a kind of, um, statue, or uh, you know, different kind of things like saying different torture things. And like flaying was one of them. And, uh, yeah, that's, it's, <clears throat> super, I would go to a flaying exhibit, you know, oh. just to see different kinds, yeah, all Mm-mm. the things, <laughs> new experiences. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, before we get into it, well, first off, have you guys watched uh, anything new? Is there anything that you guys are loving as far as horror? Any new 2024 horror movies that you have seen? I know we're still uh, in January, but anything I, of the sort? I'm trying I to watched think this movie really the other day called Suitable. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. I was just saying, um, like, I, cu- I couldn't think of if there's any other, like, new things i know there's like big new things coming in february so i've kind of been like racking my brain to like figure out what to watch but what have you watched 
I watched this movie the other day called Suitable Flesh. It's on Shutter. Oh, on, yeah, yeah. How was yes. it? Okay. I actually really liked it. It has one of our like horror icons, Barbara Crampton, in it. Cool. Mm. And Heather Graham's also in it. And it's actually like, it's kind of unique. I don't know. I liked it. I liked like how they executed it. It was different. It was like more shocking than I expected it to be. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I saw it on a lot of top ten lists last year, and I'm so happy that it's like available to the public. I'm that's I'm really excited to watch that. I'm I'm happy you enjoyed it. That makes me more excited to watch it. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, we'll add it add it to the list of things. Uh, it won't traumatize you as badly as this one. Did, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we love that. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, before we get started, as a reminder, you can follow us at Talk Horror Pod on all the social medias. Uh, we're on YouTube. Hi, YouTube. Um, hey. You can find us on all social medias, as I mentioned. Um, but uh, we're also movies that we don't cover here. We cover on social media. So check it out there, uh, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitter. And then um, uh, if you're looking for more Horror Chronicles or you're looking for the Hello Sydney podcast, it's all in the description of... Uh, of this episode so you can find all of it there we want you to we want to send you to all of those things so check them out i've listened to the hello sydney podcast it's a blast whether you've seen the movie or you haven't seen the movie like i hadn't seen oculus in, in a long time so just listening mm. to you break it down um but also infuse your own kind of opinions and thoughts, both on Mike Flanagan, uh, how the movie progresses, the all of that stuff. Like, I just found it really super enjoyable the way that you present it, the way the way Thank that you, you pace the podcast. So, and then there are other episodes too where Sydney. Uh, talks through like the history of like the the in movie history of the sock chronologically um mm-hmm. all of that stuff so definitely check out the podcast it re- it's really good so thank you so much for sharing with everyone and and your love for horror thank you so kind <laughs> yes fantastic well with that uh sydney we need a plot summary of <laughs> martyrs from you <laughs> this is including spoilers so, right like we want to go yes, yes. yeah okay. all in What's the plot? <laughs> Heavy spoilers for it. You have two minutes to give us mm-hmm. the entire plot of Martyrs, and Jamie will time you. Yes, okay. I will. So two minutes on the clock. I'll give you when you have a minute left, 30 seconds left, and then I'll count you down at 10 seconds. But you're Let's gonna you're gonna go, you're gonna do great. I believe it. It's I gonna be I fantastic. This. You're gonna kill it. <laughs> Hey. She's going to flay it. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. Never again. Never again. <clears throat> All right. Two minutes is on the clock. Ready, set, go. All right. We got these two girls. We got Lucy and we got Anna and they're besties, okay? And they met in an orphanage because Lucy escaped this, like, traumatic situation as a kid. And she ends up seeing this like woman that's attacking her and it's really fucking terrifying. And she's like at the foot of her bed, but whatever. Then next thing you know, it cuts to 15 years later and Lucy shows up at this house and it's just this like all American family. Well, they're not American. They're French, all French family eating breakfast. And Lucy comes in and just absolutely kills them all in cold blood. And they're all violently, brutally murdered. And Anna shows up and is like, what'd you do? And Lucy's like, these are the people that like abuse me as a kid and Anna doesn't believe her, but helps her hide the bodies anyway. And then Lucy is like attacked by this figure, but then we see it through Anna's eyes and we see that she's not actually attacked by this figure. This figure is actually a manifestation of her grief because when she escaped 
this place where she was being abused, she left a woman behind, and now she's realizing that killing this family out of revenge didn't solve her trauma, and she kills herself. So then Anna's like, oh my God, she killed herself, what do I do? But then she hears something, and she goes downstairs to realize that this family actually was evil, and they're holding women captive in their basement. And it's now too late because she didn't believe Lucy, and Lucy is now dead. But now it's also too late for Anna because all of a sudden these people show up, and they take Anna down to the basement, and they're like, you're actually going to be our next person because we basically do this thing where... We torture people alive until they become martyrs and see the afterlife so that they can tell us, like, what they see. And they then proceed to brutally torture Anna over a span of what feels like three hours of movie, including flaying her alive. And she literally has no skin. But it works. And she sees something. And she tells the mademoiselle. And then the mademoiselle shoots herself before she tells anybody. So it was all for nothing. The end. And that's the plot. Hooray. Yay. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Wow. With yeah. time to spare. Excellent. Oh, it's job. probably the most controversial Pixar movie. Yeah, I would definitely. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely agree. Strange. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, that is um exactly it. And so <laughs> listeners, you know. Feel free if you want to just skip this one and just listen to our thoughts. Uh, we'll give you everything that you need to know uh, about this. <laughs> or just and, you take, know, it, take it moment by moment. You know, you can pause. You can yeah. take a break. You can mm-hmm. revisit. Like, take exactly. it at your own pace. <laughs> and it's so funny because um, as we were getting ready to record this podcast, uh, like right before I started watching Martyrs, um, I had a friend text me who is also into horror. And so he'll let me know the movies that he's watched. And he literally texted me, uh, hey, have you seen Martyrs? And I never told him that we were doing this for the podcast. So it was really fun to be like, oh my gosh, I'm about to watch it right now. And we can share in our trauma uh, now that we both have watched this. But um, I'm very excited to, to discuss this. So let's get into our first segment of likes and gripes. And now our likes and gripes. So Sydney, since this is the movie that you chose to discuss for uh, as a guest on this podcast, please go forth and share with us why you chose this movie and your first encounters with this movie and give us your likes and gripes. So I first heard about this movie. So back in the day, like pre-TikTok, pre-all that, there was Tumblr. And I was a Tumblr kid, yes. a Tumblr teenager back in the day. And mm-hmm. I had a horror movie Tumblr. And I had like 30,000 followers, which, you know, when you're like 16 on the internet, that's like a big deal. And everybody told me about Martyrs. Yes. Everybody's like, you need to watch Martyrs. Like, mm-hmm. this is the one. And I watched that movie. And I've never felt more numb in my life after watching a movie. But I just <laughs> thought it wow. was like... The most, mind you, this is like 16-year-old me watching Martyrs, so that's perfect. So I think Martyrs is just the most, like, beautiful cinematic masterpiece that there is. It never, like, it's never been, like, because, you know, people put this on their list of most disturbing movies and whatnot, and it's never been, it's definitely disturbing, but it's never been, like, unwatchable to me. It's always just been such, like, an incredible unfolding of a story. It's just... I don't know. I could watch this movie every day, which I know probably sounds insane to some people. Wow. Likes. Yeah. <laughs> it's great though. <laughs> I hate to say it. Like I like everything about the movie. I really can't mm. pinpoint one thing that I don't like. Like I think it's just such a beautiful telling of like trauma and how revenge doesn't 
get rid of that trauma and now how your mm-hmm. friend who didn't believe you this whole time is now paying for your revenge that you needed to get for your own trauma. And I think the only thing I don't like actually, because this is my Roman empire is that we never figure out what Anna saw. Mm. Oh, for sure. And that, like yes. keeps me up at night. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it almost make I think it makes it more effective that we don't know. Sure. But mm-hmm. I just, I just need to know. Mm. I need to know. Well, on a, uh, here's another question for you, Sydney. Um, on, in your scale of what is not watchable again, like, do you have that movie that you have watched once and said, I could never do this again? Not to sound like an absolute psychopath, but like, not really. Like, mm. there are okay. some movies that I wouldn't watch again because I just like don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Like a yes, Serbian yes, film. Yes, yes. Like, gross Mm -hmm. don't ever want to watch that again but if like i was to do something like this and somebody's like hey we're gonna do a podcast episode about this would i watch it yes sure yeah but like i don't want to whereas like martyrs i would like willingly watch every day sure yeah that's just so interesting i i was hoping that you would give a movie just because so so that i can watch it and be like is this like how am I on a scale of one to Sydney? How can, how much can I take <laughs> in my so horror sorry to movie genre? <laughs> no, it's okay. You're still giving us like like great things uh, to just kind of consider in our I guess quest of uh, you know introducing different horror movies and, and different things about mental health and, and human behavior and this mm-hmm. one fits the bill for sure yeah. um, and we'll really get into it in in our next section um, is as far as uh, films and sorry I'm like asking all these questions but like I just I want I want to get a deeper understanding of like your love for this movie Um but as far as like foreign because films, because it's baffling to Nikisha. Understandable. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I'll get into my likes and gripes after I ask Sydney this question um, because there were some things that I could appreciate about this movie. Um, but I guess, do you feel like there is a certain type of horror movie that draws you more? And is it this type of psychological, but also body horror, if you will, but also, um, you know, it's a foreign film and it seems like they just don't give a fuck. <laughs> and so they just throw everything out there. Yeah. And that's, I think, why like I'm so drawn to foreign films because mm-hmm. like as difficult as they can be to watch, they're just so ruthless. Like you never know what's going to happen. And I like for me, that just sticks with me more. Yeah. Like, and I don't mean the ones that are just like the straight up torture porn again, like a sure. Serbian film, like gross, but right. things like this. And like, I saw the devil and like a lot of like mm-hmm. different, Asian horror films like A Tale of Two Sisters like those just mm-hmm. really stick with you yeah yeah, absolutely well I will say uh, Sydney you did and I'll get into some of my likes and, and gripes of this um, one point that you made was about how the the film was shot and you just thought it was like beautiful all around mm-hmm. and I will say there were a lot of shots that I did enjoy in this one of them being when they were flashing in and out of um them like moving the bodies. I thought that was like, mm. just like a, a cool shot. I also thought uh, some of the, the sound design was really nice too. One in particular was after the gunshot at the very end with Mademoiselle and then it goes to the credits and it's silent. So mm-hmm. like the gunshot is the last thing that you have audibly heard. And now you're watching this footage 
uh, the credits, but also the footage of the these two girls, uh, younger versions of themselves. And I think it just added so much to the creepiness of it, of like, you're not hearing anything and you're sitting with your thoughts and you're sitting with what you just saw. And it just really kind of like lingers with you for a long time because you're just... I don't know, expecting something else to happen, but nothing else is happening. And you're just kind of watching what was, uh, knowing that this film is, is done. So I thought that that was a really kind of beautiful choice uh, in that yeah. sense. This I agree with you, Nikisha. The cinematography mm-hmm. in this movie is spectacular. And, yes. I th- and the pacing. The pacing mm-hmm. of this Ooh. movie Ooh. is truly incredible. It takes breaks when it needs to. Mm-hmm. It, it ramps up when it needs to. And I think that's not only a part of kind of how the narrative unfolds, but how the camera is presenting the narrative to you from what point mm. of view. And, and I just think that like this movie could be a slog in somebody else's hands. And it was in the in the the remake but like the remake yeah yeah but this one is just like so well paced and very little horror movies have this like <coughs> sharpness of pace to it I, I mean i think that um you know to i saw the devil has a very similar pace to it as it unfolds because a movie like these two could be very repetitive and they're not mm-hmm. in any any sense of the word yeah Especially yeah i'm so like glad you scene- brought that up the no, scene ahead, of like, yeah. sorry, Anna's torture, like that yeah. scene again, like it feels like it goes on for so long and it's just like the mm-hmm. way it's done, it really makes you understand how they're truly just dehumanizing her. Like mm-hmm. there's yeah. no yeah. words spoken like there's, and you see her just like slowly <laughs> getting weaker and like slowly like starting to lose it more and more. So like what they're doing is working and just the way that that specific sequence is paced, I think like it's incredible. Yeah, and this yeah. movie is an hour and 49 minutes, and it feels like three hours in the best way. Like, three hours in that, like, so much happens. They pack so much into under two hours, and that is wild, but it never feels like three hours. It feels mm-hmm. very, very <laughs> streamlined in, in, a, in, a, in a, a beautiful narrative sense. Yeah, I totally agree. Like literally one of my likes, well, one of my comments was that there's so much that has happened and it's only 45 minutes into the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of both folds. And I did want to ask the room about debating on if you like a movie that is like nonstop action, like from the beginning, or if you need kind of a buildup. And I think what you were talking about to Brian and Sydney about just like the American versions of horror versus foreign versions of horror. And I feel like a lot of the foreign movies that I have seen, which haven't been much, but the ones that I have seen, the pace is so fast and so much is happening. And then I think more in the American horror, like there's a lot of exposition, there's a lot of buildup and like little things are happening. And then you get to the big thing at the end, because Mm -hmm. just reading the plot summary of this movie, it just says two sisters, friends, whatever, go on like a revenge spree uh, to help with uh, find the abuser of this of one of the girls. And so in my mind, I was thinking the whole movie would be them trying to find (laughs) the people who abused her and then everything happens. But it literally in the first 45 minutes, they found them, they <laughs> killed them. And now the main character is dead. And mm-hmm. wh- where are we going now? Which it is, it's, it's, it makes the movie more interesting. And even though I know what you mean, Brian, about it feeling like three hours, like it didn't even feel like three hours to right. me. It literally just felt like 45 minutes of nonstop 
what <laughs> is 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 happening because you didn't you think it's one thing and then it's something else completely different and so mm-hmm. it keeps you on edge because where you thought it was going and so you wait for where it's going to it dismisses that immediately and so yeah. then you're like what's happening <laughs> and i think it's also contextual because like mm-hmm. an american horror movie versus like a a uh, we'll, just, we'll just say French or European or, or foreign horror movie to us. Um, it's all about kind of the filmmaker because quite frankly, like you're seeing this through a, a more avant-garde kind of perspective, even though it is like a brutal horror movie versus like studio interference in Hollywood because they mm. want the certain, like this is the plot point. Then you build to this. And then we only have the budget for this scene at the end. So you have to make the nun two pop in that last, you know, mm-hmm. in the last, third but like we're just going to build up to it whereas i feel like every every i'll say not every because i do not have the the breadth of knowledge of foreign horror but like Mm. all of the like all of the like famous ones that you're supposed to watch whether you know like like have a very you know it it feels very pure and no pun intended raw like because Mm. like you are this is from the heart and the soul of the filmmaker versus like the stuff that we get, like the studio stuff that we get is all like touched and, 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 you know, rated to death and whatnot. But then you get like these like fun ones that like bubble up and then all this, like, like a talk to me or like a something that like Mm -hmm. feels different because it's kind of untouched. They made the movie and then somebody bought it to distribute it versus the studio is like, Hey, let's make another conjuring universe movie. But like, it has to follow these rules and this structure because we know that audiences will pay for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, and I think that it it wields a different kind of like um, horror movie fan when you can have like all those aspects coming in at once and not be. I think it's a great point of it not being touched by by Hollywood and not feeling like oh you know I guess in a sense and maybe I'm just making this up in my brain but I'll say it anyway like the <laughs> prudeness of like America yeah. and so it's like things mm-hmm. have to be. A, a certain way and you can only have so much put sure. in mm-hmm. and because um, you know america's gonna only handle so much like if it's too much then you know we're all going off the rails <laughs> the perfect example of that is takashi Mike, who's the guy who did audition yeah you guys have seen mm-hmm. that he's a japanese horror director he did like itchy the killer he's done some like really like more disturbing japanese horror and they asked him to do a segment for masters of horror which is an American show. Mm-hmm. And they really reached out to this man thinking that he would make something that could be aired on American television. <laughs> and needless to say, it was shelved before it was even shown. <laughs> and it's called imprint. And it's probably the most disturbing piece of cinema I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. We have a movie that's guys. A imprint. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the perfect Figure example. Out. Like Americans just can't, we can't yeah. handle that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I do love the the point the, the the term torture porn was brought up and it made me think about Terrifier and mm-hmm. how I could watch I would watch Martyrs again over watching Terrifier because if it in a sense of like Terrifier was such uh, was such torture porn to me of like we are just abusing women with no cause. 
And I think also that just kind of taps a little bit into just the reality of like how the world is anyway. And so it's like, why do I want to watch that? At least with Martyrs, they're giving you some type of reasoning why the things are happening and not mm-hmm. necessarily, and I'm not justifying anything. I'm just saying this is my justification for being able to watch it <laughs> again over a terrifier is, you know, there's an actual story there as opposed to just a man abusing a woman just because he woke up on a Tuesday and said, this is what I'm going to do today. If that makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. overall, of course, the the um makeup in this was fantastic like to see her flailed and just skin i just thought that the the practical like makeup and all that was super great um and i can't even imagine what that process was of trying to get all that to, together mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's definitely a movie that if i don't have to watch it again I, I won't, but I understand the beauty of it. And I will just say this is my last thing. It was very, very hard to watch her being physically beat up by that man every day. Uh, and like to Brian's point, that felt like it lasted for a long, a long time. It's like, when are they going to let up on this woman? Like, we fucking get it. Yeah. Like, let's move on to a, to another, another thing. Um, but Yes. Overall, it's, it is something that I'm glad I experienced and we can talk about. Um, but yeah, I, I will leave this in a, in a pile for maybe not another time. <laughs> Jamie, Brian, do you want to go your likes and gripes? Sure. Um, I, I, I actually did like a lot of this movie. Um, I feel like this movie was also like a hundred different movies in one movie. And I mm. liked most of the different <laughs> genres of movie that we got. Um, like I liked the, <clears throat> you know, like the two protagonists coming together and like setting off for revenge. Um, I I liked then when we lost one of the protagonists and the other one like discovers that her friend was actually right. And then is like processing both the the guilt of like betraying her friend, but also like the the trauma of discovering this like new person who's going through something awful. Um, I think that the, the part that I found the hardest aside from obviously like the torture was the rationalization for the torture. And I, I like was processing this after with Brian for like 30 minutes because mm, I know yeah. at the end of the movie, We've, we like a full we, dissertation. I was like, okay, yes. I'm, I'm looking up the dictionary definition for martyrdom. Like I have yeah, some problems yeah, yeah, yeah. with this. So, so, but I know that they're, that they're taking like the Greek definition of like witness and that's kind of their justification. <clears throat> I think I, I just had a problem because like, that's not really what the, with the contemporary definition of martyrs is. And so like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of, that was my biggest frustration with, with that part when they introduced the Mademoiselle and like her, her whole spiel about like the martyrdom, because like for me, at least my understanding of a martyr is like somebody who is, whose like belief is unwavering and like, and they are, they are like persevering through 
this, this like torture, whatever they have to endure. Um, but like not willing to give up their belief system. And so like that, I, I was really stuck on like, that's my understanding of the belief of martyrdom and like not really feeling like she, th- that, that on, it was Anna at the end. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that had to mm-hmm. go through the torture that like, she didn't really have any belief about anything in particular. I don't think she believed what Mademoiselle was telling her. It's also curious about just like, you know, we get this whole explanation about how long this secret society has existed for and, um, how many times they've done this and that they've kind of had three successes, but not really because once they get, once those, uh, the three that have gone to that point, they've been nonverbal. So they've never actually mm-hmm. gotten any helpful information out of them. So it's like, what, what is so special about Anna that like, she is able to communicate that. And like, I don't know, I was just going back and forth and I couldn't really like, I've been processing this for the last like three days and haven't really come <laughs> to any strong conclusions, but like that aside, I, I am surprised at how much I actually really did enjoy this movie. And again, I think it's because I found, I found the, the first and second part really good. Obviously I can do without the torture, but the end part also really got me when Mademoiselle does get the information and then keeps mm-hmm. it to herself and tells all those old white people to fuck off. And like that <laughs> for me was so, yes. Uh, it was actually very satisfying. Like that was, that was the most sad. Like, I don't think I could have sat through all of the torture if then the, the old white people, old rich white people got what they wanted. One. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so totally. like, it, it did, f- it felt like a win and I was like, okay, I don't feel, I feel not great, but I don't feel as bad because mm-hmm. like they're fucked. And like, it was just really, that, that gave me some level of satisfaction at the end. And I was like, okay, like, so it's really just the, the, tor- the, like, the justification and the torture part that kind of lost me, but then it kind of brought me back at the end. So again, like there was a lot, I I really enjoyed most of the parts of the movie. Um, I, I agree that like the representation of trauma and not just that, but like, this is a really good representation of survivor's guilt. Um, with, with the physical manifestation of like Lucy seeing this, this like demon creature who's just like constantly after her. And like, she feels like she has to not just find them for herself, but like find them to like stop this creature from chasing after her. So it's like partially Mm. for her, but it's like, it's really about the survivor's guilt. It's just really fascinating because even after it's done again, it's not the satisfying conclusion that she's hoping for. She still continues to be haunted by, by this person that she left. And it's also so sad because it's like, she's a, she's a child. Like the, the, it makes me think about other movies. Actually, I'm going to write another one down that just, I'm thinking about suggestions. Um, other movies where like children are carrying this burden into adulthood that just like continues to play out in awful ways. And they like, just, you know, whether they're in therapy or not, just continue to, have that impacting them, um, is, is so real and so sad. And like, yeah, I just, I haven't really seen a lot of media representations of survivor's guilt done so intensely and effectively, especially when somebody like goes as far as Lucy does. Um, Mm. so that, that like really, I thought was, uh, just like very well done. Um, and then also like, I just think uh, like, man, Anna 
she really had a hard she she did she not have it, it. Nicely. she really, she really, had a hard really time. went through yeah. it if um, only her sister had magical ice powers in this <laughs> exactly oh my god <laughs> but like she does so much as a child to protect lucy after like the and it's so interesting too because like in the beginning of the movie when they're both at the orphanage like the the police or like whoever the authority figures are are coming and like talking to Anna like mm-hmm. almost on behalf of Lucy saying like we gotta find these people we gotta mm-hmm. get them and Anna's like yeah we ag-, like she agrees but it's like why are you putting this child in this in this like position but like she does so much for her friend to then have this like for her entire life to have this moment of doubt it's it's brief it's pretty brief and then and then her and then her friend commits suicide and then to find out that after all of that like the the (laughs) the reality was was fat like it was true like Mm -hmm. for her to then also probably have start dealing with a great amount of survivor's guilt as well it's like oh my god like it just like keeps passing on to the next person it's so fucked um but then then the introduction of the like potential crush or sexuality of the two of them, which is yeah. never fully like uh, explored in the best way possible in terms of like, mm-hmm. it's just a layer of the movie. It's not the movie. This yeah. movie has so many yeah. layers that are not the movie that like, it's these, all these little pieces that make it up. And like that also added a lot to my effect, the effect the movie had on me when it comes to Anna dealing with like, the the grief and the the regret and all of that in that moment. Yeah, yeah. it's also like that very like inte- like the intensity of female friendships and like that line between like friendship and something more and mm-hmm. I'm like we, it, it like it was just really interesting because again like they just had to rely on each other or like Lucy's had to rely on Anna for so long and so it's like all just really enmeshed and intertwined so like for that moment to happen and then kind of like reset a little bit was just really interesting of like it's just clear that this relationship is like like fucked up but like it's they've just had to be there for each other for their entire life they only have each other so like it's 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 gonna be a little bit fucked up Mm -hmm. um no that's a really good point um uh my only other gripe is that um, whatever that little ball thing on the bedside table at the very beginning of the movie when they were going to sleep in the orphanage was, I would fucking mm-hmm. hate that. If I was at a sleepover with someone and that little thing was cling clanging back and forth, <laughs> I, oh my God, I'm such a light sleeper. I was like, why would they put this awful contraption in a bedroom? I hate yeah. it. That was literally the first note that I made. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah. The only other note that I made was at the end, and I think me and Brian said it out loud at the same time, was, of course it's all old white people. Because That's literally, of course it always. was. On my, in my, always. In my, uh, in my <laughs> bullet-pointed likes list, that's the only thing in all caps. Yeah. I mean, those <laughs> are the people that usually fall for cults, so totally. it makes yeah. sense. Like, they get scammed left and right. They get, yeah. they fall into cults. I mean, my not God. surprising. No. I agree. Yes. Yeah, not I was literally looking at, at that like, oh, get out? What, what are we doing here? What's yeah. happening? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Short <laughs> appeal would love this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. for real. 
But um, but yeah, I I think with more time, I've actually enjoyed this movie more than I thought when I first watched it. Like now that I've processed it a little bit sure. more. Yeah. So you're winning me over, Sydney. One <laughs> at a time. I knew this would be the one to do it. <laughs> Brian. Um, so before I give my likes and gripes, I do have a question for the group. Um, in terms of what Anna whispers to Mademoiselle, do you think that it was something like extraordinary that she wanted to keep for herself? So, and she just like, didn't care. Like it was just like so wonderful and great that she wanted it or was it nothing? And she didn't want to have to like make something up and face the group. Do you think it was more of a selfish, amazing reason or selfish, like, uh Oh, reason. I know it doesn't. I, go back I know the and point forth. is it doesn't matter, but like yeah. I'm just yeah. curious. Oh, it does matter because I think about this at least like twice a week. <laughs> I go back and forth on this. I swear to God, I'll like it's wake up at three a.m. Oh, I swear <laughs> to God, I literally will wake up at three a.m. and I'll be like, "Shit, no, I think it was something bad." Like I don't. <laughs> I go back and forth because I think it was either something really good where she literally could not wait to get there, so she took herself out, and I think mm-hmm. she's just a selfish bitch and didn't care to tell everybody mm-hmm. or like maybe Anna said like there's only like limited room or like limited time and you have to get <clears> there now like I don't know or it was something so bad that she couldn't face her followers and tell them that like this whole thing we've been doing is for nothing and we've been like torturing people for nothing so I'm just going to take myself out and go that way but then like why would she do that if she knew she was going to nothing or to something yeah. bad so I kind of <laughs> lead towards it was something good so secondary question to that for you, Sydney, do you think that Anna was cogged? I know the point is that she did, her eyes did glaze over and like, we're assuming that she did see something, but is there a world in which Anna is like uh, there enough to lie to her? Mm. I think that would be the biggest fuck you, like completely lying about it. But I don't think like in that state, she would even be able to think about doing that. Mm -hmm. But like, I've also seen a theory that like whatever she saw may be so beyond human understanding that she told the madam that there's something, but I don't get it. Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like maybe the madam was going to like, like see if she could figure it out herself. Hmm. Sure. What about you two? Uh, my first thought was on the side of it's nothing. And so this was all pointless. And because there's nothing, there's like nothing to be afraid of. So it's just like, and to Sydney's point of like, what am I going to tell these people? So because it's nothing, because all this work was for nothing, like, And that was what we were so engrossed in. Like that was our whole livelihood that it's just like, okay, um, I'm I'm just going to take myself out. So I, my first instinct was that it was nothing. Interesting. That was your gut for, that's so fascinating. Yeah. What about you, Jamie? So I thought that it had to be meaningful, but I also like, as I was doing my post movie watching processing, I was doing some like deep dives and looking at articles and stuff just about like what people think about this movie. And one interesting thing that someone said was like, again, the idea of like, if it's something incredible and amazing, and she were to share that information with the group, then it puts less like emphasis on the idea of like living your life 
Like what, what would the world do with this information if the afterlife is like so desirable and amazing? Mm. Like mm. what, there would be no point anymore. So it's like, you know, to, to kind of keep that from humanity and society, uh, like that is a reason why she doesn't reveal it. But like, I think again, that only reinforces that like, it's definitely something great and desirable that like people would want. That's so interesting. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. I, I, I side on the, it was something so amazing that mm. she couldn't wait or didn't want to share it. Uh, just the, it, it just reflects the selfish, the selfish nature of that character in general yeah. and that group. <clears throat> um, but uh, for my likes, I always avoided this movie on purpose. I actively avoided this movie because I had no interest in seeing another rape revenge movie. I just didn't. Mm. Um, and I was wrong because literally one of the first lines in this movie was she was not raped. There was no sexual assault. And I was, that lifted such a weight off of my shoulders to enjoy this movie. It really, that one line changed my entire watch experience. You never had to wonder if that was like this like weird subtext of the movie. You never had to wonder any of that. It was explicitly stated and you could just move on with kind of like, enjoying this movie from more of a PTSD. It's still, it's still like kidnapping and awful. I'm not mm-hmm. pretending that like, Oh yeah, great. Awesome. Ratatouille. But like, <laughs> <clears throat> I'm just like, <clears throat> that just like, that really did something for me. Um, and then this movie just the narratively was just so much fun of like a pure labyrinth of like fun. Um, I felt full after this movie, like, like a, a meal in which like, I feel so specifically 2023 after watching a lot of horror movies last year, I felt very like not satiated by a lot of them. They had a lot of amazing moments, some really interesting characters. But at the end of the day, when I walked out of the theater or when I, you know, closed Netflix or whatever it is, or shutter, I like, I didn't feel full. I felt truly full after this one and it's lasted me a couple of days. And and I know that's like a weird analogy, but like I really it, this movie had everything. Gore, we made fun of it earlier, but like gore, psychological horror, PTSD, monsters, cults, revenge, religion, scary kids. Like all it was and it, it all it was missing was like, you know, a weird house on a bayou somewhere. Like this was like so <laughs> good um, from that perspective. And this ending, this is a fantastic ending of a movie. Like truly, truly great. Um, I, I, some of the things I really also loved about this movie were I just didn't expect the monster at the beginning, like the PTSD mm-hmm, monster. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. at that point, I, I totally understood that this was, I, I was still, I was waiting for that moment when like, Anna didn't see her, but like, you know, that we got, but I just thought it was so well done that it didn't matter because it's either, it's either there or not. Like there's no one between in terms of these movies. So I'm happy the That's way that they did it. one of my favorite shots of the whole movie is like when Anna <laughs> sees her and you see her like grabbing her own head while Anna yeah. sees her like grabbing her own head. But like in Lucy's perspective, it's the woman doing yes. it. Like I think that shot, mm-hmm. the back and forth is just the best shot of the movie. <laughs> I mm-hmm. totally agree. And a lesser director would have like centered it and then like cut in between the two. But this whole movie really is from Anna's point of view. And they make that very clear at the beginning when she is the focus of like the detective's questioning. 
Um, mm-hmm. I thought that you really felt the power of the shotgun in that sequence 15 years later. Like you really <sighs> felt the reverberations through the victims and even in Lucy's hands. Like mm-hmm. it felt it felt awkward in the best way possible uh, in her hands. Um, the shaking the bodies was like fantastic. Um, I love I love a good point of view of the victim sequence. Like like the second that they appeared, I'm like, oh, I know what's happening, and I love this. Like I just I. I Please show me the victims like first and give me like a little slice of life and then get rid of them. I love yeah. that. Um, <laughs> I was very engaged in the mystery of this movie and the friendship of the two, like really genuinely. Um, I, I mentioned, uh, and speaking of the shots, uh, Sydney, that you mentioned before, my favorite was stitching up Lucy. Um, the close-ups and then those quick shots of like it going through kind of like this like weird foreshadowing that Anna is like sewing her up but Anna's gonna lose all of her stuff later on Mm -hmm. like it's this like interesting like um, juxtaposition of what's actually going to happen to her. I, I thought that was great. Of having skin versus not having skin. Oh yes, you know that yeah. the, the big, the big swing, swinging pendulum of skin. Um, <laughs> I thought the kiss was perfect. Like and like turning her away. There's this like servant attitude of Anna, and like it's like they didn't have parents, and like they're all the family they have. But she, whether the feeling is like actual love or whether it's like romantic love, they don't really know how to express it. And like I just thought that that was such an amazing moment to underscore a lot of what this movie is trying to do and say. Um, and the servant attitude I mentioned is her sewing her is her cleaning the dead bodies for her. Like they're like, they're, they're like helping her when they're little kids. Like I thought all of that was just like really well done. This movie never phones anything in from like a, uh, like, uh, this is how horror movies work, but also it, it works really hard to never explain anything to the audience outside of the mademoiselle scene. But like that's, mm. you kind of need that, that exposition there. Um, uh this is random but in the fight bat in the fight scene in the bathroom t- for some reason to be decided to give you a rating reminder during that scene so like oh, there, she's yeah. fighting the monster in the bathroom and at the top it's like rated r for nudity and like <laughs> violence and i'm like oh, oh my god i fucking know to be like, <laughs> I can see that. we're experiencing it now yeah it, ha- it happened like multiple times it did it happened multiple and times. i was like again i'm aware I that get this it. is rated she r. has no skin to be um that's so funny uh, and the gore oh of this movie is a part of the story and it represents the pain and it's not this I would argue that this is not torture porn 0%. I agree. Like, right. I yeah. think that like <clears throat> you know if you want you know we'll get, oh I have another suggestion. But um <laughs> that um I like that she always uses the blade on her golem. She actually goes out of the way to find like a razor or a knife. She doesn't pull the shotgun on the golem. She she uses the razor because she's using it on herself. I thought that was just like a small detail that is perfect and brilliant. 
Um, <clears throat> I loved the two different halves in this concept. Um, I, I just, I, I love a good twist, whether it's like psycho when you think, you know, the main character and you don't, you know, th- this has a very Hitchcockian feel to it in some ways. Um, <coughs> um, I love the acoustic background music when she accepts her fate, essentially. I like mm. really enjoyed that. Um, of course it's old white people. Um, <laughs> and I just thought this was really great. Um, <clears throat> these are some of my nitpicky gripes. I like this movie. I'm just saying that before I like get into my nitpicks about this thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought the tone of the opening with kind of like that found footage vibe of like showing it, it makes no sense narratively. Like you're going to show this little girl like a weird documentary of something that like happened a week ago to like get her when she wasn't even there. That just felt very like exposition-y for me. But tonally, I think it set up the movie really interestingly, especially with the bookend of them as kids during the credits. So like it Mm. worked as a tone, but narratively I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I also don't know how the police operate in France. So like I'm not one to like (laughs) really comment on that. That's Um, true. I thought that the Anna and her mother phone call was super interesting from a like Anna does have somebody whether or not they're they're disconnected. But like it also it it just took me out for a second because she was in an orphanage. And I know you don't need to have dead parents to be in an orphanage. But like I I, that was just a little bit. And and I'm sure maybe there was something cut. I don't know. Um, Sydney, do you know if that was like a part of the original script or like I don't know. No, because I thought the same thing, too, because obviously, like, from that conversation, you can tell their relationship is strained. Right. So, like, mm-hmm. is it strained because that was her, like, bio mom who, like, maybe gave her up or something? Or, like, was that mm-hmm. her adoptive mom? Like, I don't think right. we ever figured that out. I never, no. I've never seen anything about that. Mm. Um, I love it. I, so I wrote, what do they do? Hang up their favorite tortures on the wall? Like, what is the decor? <laughs> oh, yeah. But then, and then they explained it, and I was like... This is amazing. I never thought I'd get a wallpaper explanation. Like, this is fantastic. So that was a gripe that turned into a like. Um, To me, this movie became less scary once Mademoiselle gives her speech. Once you justify this, um, even though I think narrative, I keep saying narratively, but like plot wise, like that makes this movie more interesting. And that's why I'm thinking about it more because of that. But I actually think the scare level of the movie was turned down for me after that point when I knew why this was happening. So that's like a half gripe because the movie is better for it. Like a hundred percent better for it. Um, um, so here's my here's my question about them i also had a very similar experience about with jamie in terms of like the definition of martyr i do think that the ending where they flash the greek explanation of it which almost felt like a twist in some ways that it wasn't like your joan of arc martyr but it was more of just like a witness martyr like that was really interesting to me like um uh however the infection of like Sorry, the inflection of pain just for survival versus like standing up to something and like moving forward is where like my brain, like Jamie said, short circuited a little bit. But then I thought, does telling Anna why allow her to be a martyr? Because religion is never discussed up until that point. And it's not really even discussed because, uh, you know, in their examples, their examples span the gamut. Their examples Mm -hmm. are religion. And then there's the car accident. And then there's the, you know, like you go through all these like different, uh, different contexts of almost dying. Um, So is Anna persisting 
her, and her choice to stay alive, like, and her strength, her being a martyr, I don't know. That's something that I'm still mm. mulling in my head. Um, but that, that, that definitely is something I'm thinking about. I feel mm. like her, like, ability to persist was almost like her making up to Lucy in a way. Because it's like mm. you had to go through this and you almost died for this and you never found out. And, like, now I didn't believe you. And because of that, I'm in the situation. So <laughs> I'm going to get through it and I'm yeah. going to find out. Sure. Oh, I think that's yeah. that's that a really a good point, especially because yeah. there's that like conversation that takes place in her head where mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. she's like revisiting a conversation about Lucy asking, like, do you ever get scared? I think it's Lucy asking yeah. Anna, like, do you ever get scared? Mm. Um, so and like that feels poignant in that moment yeah. to, to bring that up. So like that's a really interesting point that I didn't think about until you just said that. So thank yeah. you. Um, but I'm so happy that you had us watch this for this podcast because I really forever would have just thought this was a French rape revenge movie and that I have no interest in doing that. And this movie truly, um, leapfrogged all, flayed all expectations. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I really like this a lot and I, and I, I will say I do like, um, extreme French horror, and I'll, I'll talk about that during like um, during um, suggestions. Um, but I do have like huge gaps in it because of that exact thing. I have just no interest in, even if it's a well made narrative with incredible performance that handles the context like really like respectfully. I, I, that's just not something I like can enjoy to the level that I truly enjoyed this movie. And I was so thankful, and I'll repeat it again that the script had that line like. Um, there was no sign of rape. Like I just like, it really allowed me to enjoy the movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, anyone have any other uh, likes and gripes they would like to say before we move to our next section? No, we're all good. (laughs) Flayed out. Okay, great. So (laughs) let's move on to our next section. Mm, Brains. Tasty, tasty. Okay. Tasty, tasty. <laughs> so uh, we have the luxury now of Jamie and Sydney, who are both uh, mental health professionals, Woo! to Woo-hoo! double the explanation. <laughs> it's like having Young and Freud on the podcast at the same yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm really> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, okay, so with that uh, comes a shit ton of questions from. Uh, Brian and myself. Um, but my first question uh, to both of you are, what do you think is the best way to process being abused, specifically physical abuse, so that you're not holding on to anger uh, towards your abuser and so that you can move forward in a more healthy way? Shall we all say so, it together on three? Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> One, two, three. Therapy. Therapy. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so okay. And so here's another question um, to piggyback off of that. For people who, I mean, therapy is not free. Sure. <laughs> um, so Valid. for people who might not have <laughs> access to therapy, 
is there, there's two questions. Is there a way to kind of get therapeutical treatment? I made up that word. Um, <laughs> or if you are a, an abused uh, victim, like will this, the court, the judge, like pay for your therapy, like so through that? Like, yeah. I actually work in prison with the people who mm. do abuse and murder people. So something which is my like legit answer that I was going to say, cause I'm a huge fan of restorative justice, which is actually doing like, you know, sit downs between the offender, the offender and the victim. And obviously like both parties need to be willing to do this and consent to it. And, for sure. um, like I know for us, like we have a victim services unit that kind of will coordinate with the victim specifically. Um, and do that yeah. for free. So obviously this movie is a little different, but <laughs> right, in right, real right. Life, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, Jamie. <laughs> to that point, uh, I was in the victim services units at one point in my career. Mm. So I was the counselor who would meet on the other side with like victims and survivors of crimes. And we would mm -hmm. meet like it was through the DA's office. And so it's a free service to anybody who is involved in some kind of crime. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, that's, that's who I would meet with. And then <clears throat> the unit was also comprised of like other social service workers who would help with um, like other elements. So depending on what the crime is, you might require um, like some financial like not necessarily restitution, but just like you might have financial needs. Um, mm -hmm. You might have uh, like if, if there's a death, um, funeral expenses, things like that. There are resources and grants that, um, that like this office would help people apply for in order to oh, get funding for some of these things. It's already, you know, traumatic enough to have had gone through it. So like to be able to then access these resources as well. Um, yeah. also like people who would help, uh, like for folks who were undocumented or like not from the U S would also help with like applications for visas. There's special visas for, um, uh, like for these circumstances as well. So like there's so many different resources that are available. That being mm. said, also understanding that like not everybody wants to go the legal route, which is totally valid. And then poses like well like what you said like other barriers potentially to accessing like services because yeah. you know it, it can be super expensive um but there are like some people who do offer like low cost or like free services um in general I think it just the challenge is then like taking the time to actually like find those resources if you're like already in the world like when I was like in it I like had I, I had like a whole spreadsheet I, you know I'm a spreadsheet girl like yeah. I had a whole spreadsheet <laughs> of like all of the resources in mm -hmm. New York like when I was like fully invested in this system I like learned a lot and I was like sure. let's just document all of this and like now I have all of these things that I could send people to and it's like really helpful. Moving to a new city, I feel way more out of touch because I'm not as familiar with all the resources and I haven't mm -hmm. really been in that world more recently. But like it definitely, there are people when you find them that like truly know the ins and outs of like anything that you can access, which I think is just like such, that's like gold. It's like such valuable information. Um, I feel it, like it can be really hard. I feel like because we have 
two mental health professionals who have experiences on both side of the coin. Yeah. We just solved like a Sudoku puzzle that like we couldn't figure out for a long time. Like it yes. feels so, it feels so complete. Satisfying. Yes. So satisfying. Yes. Like, like I can't even begin to like express like my like completionist, like, 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 like love for this experience. It was meant to be. Yeah. yeah. Listen, we, we have seen the afterlife. We know. We have reached yeah. it. We know. Here Keep we are. Keep doubting, bitches. Just <laughs> doubting. Oh, my God. Iconic. <laughs> Truly iconic. Uh, okay. My next question is, why do you think a person's first reaction to abuse is revenge or, or anger? I mean, I think this movie shows that perfectly because I think a lot Mm. of the times it's just like a defense mechanism for people and they assume, okay, I was hurt. So if I hurt them back, that's going to take away my hurt and take away Mm. my trauma. When in reality, that's probably not going to happen because, and you know, going back to even the, I saw the devil episode, like he does the same thing and he takes his revenge and at the end he wins, but he walks away and he doesn't look like he won. He walks away crying and sobbing because it's like he has that realization like, okay, I did this, but like I still don't have the person I love back. Like I still have this hurt. So what was this all for? So I don't Mm -hmm. know. I I feel like it's just like a primal urge and it's people's like first reaction, but in reality it doesn't actually solve anything. Yeah. Jamie, do you have something to add to that? That's great. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, you know, sometimes like thinking about how people might feel and like all the complex emotions. I think in general, people talk about like, you know, feeling anger, but like anger can also be like sadness. It can be guilt. It can be like, Mm -hmm. you know, the more like self-deprecating, but like that feels like the more accessible emotion to feel sometimes. Um, And so like, I think that also can like explain or fuel why this feels like the best course of action in this situation, because like everything else that might be underlying that is like very painful, really hard to like face, you know, and sit with and like unpack. And it's like, I, I, yeah, I I can't sit with my guilt. I need to, I need to take action. I need to do something about this. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what's going to do it. Yeah, that's so great you saying that some emotions are just more uh, accessible than others. I think that's a really good point because I don't think we really think about um, why things are in the forefront. It's just like this, I'm leading with this because this is what's like pulling me Mm -hmm. as opposed to like saying, even though this is what is pulling me, it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to follow that particular um, emotion. Like let's dig a little deeper and see like what else is under, like you said, underneath the surface um, to really kind of process out like what is, is happening. I don't know. It's just so uh, interesting. And it makes me think of the movie inside out just randomly because I'm just thinking of anger, <laughs> just like pressing the buttons for Pixar to yeah. be the sub. It's really heavily featured. Yeah. yeah. It kind it of fits though. Yeah. <laughs> it works. It does. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Um, my last question was, uh, when Mademoiselle was giving the speech about, um, how to make a martyr and saying that isolating someone and feeding into their isolation and suffering, uh, whether it be physical, mental abuse, um, can cause their trauma to kind of manifest into things that they don't, that they, uh, 
that don't exist, seeing things that don't exist. So my question is like, do you believe that that is true? Like isolating someone can then turn into them like manifesting things that are not seen by others? I mean, I think under the right circumstances that can be true. And like, I look at, again, my background, my field, like a huge debate in the criminal justice world is like solitary confinement because that's been Mm -hmm. proven to have like really negative effects on somebody's mental state, you know? And if you like combine that isolation with the actual amount of torture and dehumanization that they put on a through, I totally, I absolutely think that's possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Flipping, flipping the script on my jobs, then after I left the last job, I ended up at an alternative to bail program. So like also familiar wow. with the other side of things. And mm-hmm. like there was a lot – like my program really grew uh, because of like work towards closing down Rikers and like conditions at Rikers Island and just like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're mm-hmm. curious at all about that, like there's so much – you can Google anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, I think that uh, – solitary confinement like is torture. Like I, there's just like so much research into the the negative impact that it has on mental health. And like, you know, I think even like <clears throat> this isn't the same, but I think about like mass isolation during COVID, like we don't even yeah. still know what the impact that like COVID will is, is having on us. And we won't know that for a while, but I do know that like the isolation was like, very harmful for most people's mental health and wellness. So like, again, just another example of like isolation can be used as this awful traumatic tool that absolutely can lead to a whole plethora of mental health issues. So like that, that wouldn't surprise me that like, maybe not like a hundred percent of the time, but like, you know, could something happen? I, I think so. Yeah, no, that's great. Brian, you had a couple of questions. Yeah, I have a. I wanted to talk about Anna, um, kind of grieving for her friend while feeling guilt that she didn't believe her. Um, how can one process that? And I know this movie is obviously an extreme, um, but like what? even no. on a yeah, even <laughs> on a smaller scale, um, like you know, as someone who truly has shown their loyalty, Anna still had some, you know, doubts. And so I'm wondering, like, how how can someone, whether the outcome is extreme or the outcome is, is a little bit more minor, like, how can someone kind of work through that, uh, that, that feeling of, of whether it's betrayal or grief or anything that's like tied into that, that belief disbelief? Therapy. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's tough. I mean, Anna didn't even have a moment to process it. So obviously. Mm -hmm. That's true. That was a lost cause. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, but like, that's so right. And it makes me wonder, like, you know, we get some context of their dynamic and like, Lucy makes a comment to Anna about like, oh, you're just like all the other like doctors and people who just said that I'm crazy and things like that. So it's like, I'm curious about what they, but like their specific conversations between one another have looked like. Cause I feel like communication is a big, like they're the, the way that they are communicating with one another feels like a big piece of, of what you're asking. And it's like how, 
how does Anna communicate her support of Lucy? Um, like thoughts on like it, conditional versus unconditional love are also coming to mm-hmm. mind and like that dynamic within their friendship. Um, but yeah, I mean like it's, it's hard when you love somebody and you like are compassionate and empathetic towards what they're going through, but also maybe like don't fully buy into something that they're experiencing and like are questioning it. Um, I think that's like a really difficult place to, to be in between because like you care so deeply for somebody, even if you have yourself not experienced what they are experiencing. So it's like, I think that there's a way to potentially be like, like I have not gone through what you have gone through. Like that is such a horrifying, like uniquely horrifying experience that you endured. So it's hard for me to like put myself in your position and like, pass any kind of judgment for what you, like how whatever is coming up for you but like know that I love you and I, like I have so much empathy for you and and I want to support you the best I can like that kind of feels like the best way to navigate that conversation even if it's not totally satisfying yeah I like that that's great okay uh, Brian did you have any other questions that's is that it I have one for you Nagisha oh god <laughs> These How are, would you th- play a flayed actress? Well, yeah, <laughs> that's my question. My oh, question gosh. is like, <laughs> how this movie is wildly to an extreme, and and like, yes, I don't know what you subscribe to in terms of like acting style or what you pick from different pieces. I don't know if you're like all Meisner or all Uta Hagen or all whatever, but like, when it comes down to it, like. Is this a scenario where like, oh, I, hangnails hurt me like that times a million? Like, like, how do you get into <laughs> that like that place? Not only for the second half of this movie, if you're playing Anna, but even for the first half of this movie, if you're playing Lucy. Like, how do you get to a place where you're not driving yourself insane as an actress because you're really digging into these things, but you're also the camera picks up everything? How can you make it real at the same time? Like. Outside yeah. of like the makeup and all of that stuff, like like what? Like can, I know you can't go through the, like everything, but like if you give us a little for glimpse, sure, for sure. that would be that would be. <clears throat> if you can give us a little uh, peek underneath the skin, I think that would Oy! be great. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, thank you for the fact of you even thinking that I could possibly process like playing a character like that. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, you, you know, know you know all about orphanages. <laughs> That's why I figure. You know, I hate it. <laughs> 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 Only for four more weeks. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Check her out in Atlanta. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, seriously. You know, I I will only speak on what I feel like I would do because I've never had to dive that deep, and in my, um, you know, experiences with acting classes and just observing other actors. I, I don't think that method acting is for me. Um, especially for my mental health state, I have to have a distinct separation, um, between who I'm playing and who I am in real life because who I am in real life is already like batshit crazy in my own mind. Mm -hmm. So like having to take on, a role like that and experience that I, even though it was funny, I I liked your example of like, Oh, I 
got a, a, a cut on my hand times a million, you know, like Stanislavski, like, what are you bringing from your past that can be, that can equate in a sense of what the intent and the emotion is without really having to feel like you need to be an abused uh, person in order to play this character, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, yeah, I think for me, it's just a matter of like, what am I bringing that equates to just this particular emotion uh, that they're wanting to to have, not necessarily the actual action that is happening to me. So like if I need to bring up anger, where is that coming from within Nikisha's anger? Sure. Like sadness, where is that coming from my own sadness as opposed to like I am I am Anna, like somebody go like torture me, which some actors will do mm-hmm. you know have people do stuff to them so they can feel that emotion and then portray that on camera like but that's that's not my vibe so yeah. um i'll go nails but times a thousand for 200 <laughs> so i actually think that this director is very difficult to work for from what i've heard yeah. and um the woman who played anna i won't pretend like i know how to pronounce her name but she actually specifically said she would never work with him again Oh, they didn't make anything. They didn't say anything specific, but he did another film, which is great incident in a ghost land. And one of the actresses. Yep. Oh, that makes so much sense. sense. Yep. (laughs) And one of the actresses in that movie got like permanently scarred on set, like her face, because I guess his conditions, like he really just makes you, he really tortures you basically. Like he doesn't make easy conditions to work under. Damn. Which like that, is obviously awful, but like also makes for authentic, yeah, acting. What a bummer! Like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that brings up a lot of other questions. But what a bummer! But like, that also doesn't surprise me. Like, it doesn't. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. <clears throat> totally. But how? Yeah, that's very disappointing because you still need to be taking care of like human beings. Do you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, safety sure. should be. Right, should be like, top I get, like priority. in the seventies, they were like smacking people and like abusing people on set, but like these are modern times, people. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. Take a second. Damn, <laughs> yeah. Daniel. Get your life. Yeah, not damn Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, shall we rotten tomaten this? Yes, yes. Very Tomat excited to away. hear the score. Okay, what do we think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Now, as a reminder, we are guessing the critic score, um, but I will let you know what the audience score actually ends up being. Um, uh, uh, Sydney, you can choose whether you want to go first or last or second. I'll go first. Why not? I I feel like foreign horror usually does pretty well on Rotten Tomatoes. So I want to say this has like a 90%. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Jamie. Um, I was going to say, oh, God, 78. Now I'm All right. Myself. And Nikisha. I was going to say seven, 77, Jamie. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, this movie has a 65% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. No. Wow. Yeah. It's still, <laughs> it's, cons- it's, still, 
It's still considered fresh. That's on 40 reviews. Um, but the audience yep. score is around the same at 69%. Nice. America, we're prudes. I get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know, 69. I yeah, don't if know you're boring, that. just say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you're boring, just say it. Um, the critics' consensus is a real polarizing movie. This Gallic torture porn is graphic, brutal, nasty, and gruesome, and not to everyone's taste. Um, I agree with that, except for the torture porn. I actually don't think this totally is torture not. porn. No. Yeah. I think yeah. it's narratively justified. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. All right. Now let's do the letterbox score, which I always find fascinating because this is just like your everyday people rating this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> this has, uh, so, uh, as a reminder, letterbox scores are uh, 0.0 through 5.0. You can do decimal points in this, so one from basically from 0 to 5. Um, Jamie, why don't you start us off with the uh, letterboxed uh, guess? Okay, so I'm hoping that there's also more of an international audience on Leatherbox. So mm-hmm. I'm going with a 3.6. All right, Nikisha? Mm. I'm so I'm going to do 2.8. Interesting. Sydney? I'm shooting high again. I'm saying 4.5. Wow. <laughs> uh, it has a 3.7. Wow. So Jamie. Dang. Nailed that one. Um, there you go. Yeah. Trying to get into the people's heads, you know, <laughs> under their so skin. These are the three Good. most liked reviews of, uh, of Martyrs on Letterboxd. Uh, at number three, something to lighten the mood. Ha! <laughs> yes. Uh, Hilarious. The second most popular one. It's like that SpongeBob episode in which Squidward drops a sofa on his foot and it is excruciatingly pulls his tonal up, except it's 99 minutes long. <laughs> That's a That's great like comment. So oh my specific, God. But like accurate. Yeah. <laughs> That is such a great comment. And then the <laughs> most terrible. the most liked one is uh, it's so good, but I would never ever recommend people watch it. Stay away from this movie at all costs. <laughs> but they still gave it a three and a half, four and a half, four and a half out of five. So. Dang. Yeah. Okay. That was Elvis the alien. Um, <laughs> cool. Thanks, Elvis. Yeah. So uh, let's get into the four S's. Yes. yes. Skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> the four S's, for those of you who don't know, are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Um, skulls, scares, and shakes, we rate one through ten, ten being the most, one being the least. Skulls is how well this movie handles mental health and human behavior. Scares is how scary was this movie. And shakes is how much will this movie stay with you? Can you shake it off? Um, is this a one and done? That type of a thing. And then we'll go into suggestions next. But Jamie, do you want to start us off with your uh, your skulls, scares, and shakes? Yeah. So for skulls, I'm giving this a seven. Um, again, I thought that it was it was a pretty like good representation of trauma, survivor's guilt, of like you know, the having doubt about your friend, just like a lot of very reasonable, realistic, like decision making and, and, you know, thinking that I feel like was represented in this, Mm -hmm. um, for scares. I gave this an eight. 
because um, it's all in all, it's uh, it's pretty horrifying. Even it, it doesn't have to be jump scary to be deeply scary and disturbing. For sure, um, <laughs> which I think this uh, is very disturbing. <laughs> Um, so yeah, big, big up points for, uh, just seeing someone's full on muscly body. Um, and then, she was Jack uh, though. Am I right? <laughs> those abs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my God. Um, and then for shakes, uh, I also gave this an eight. Um, I think, I mean, recency bias and all, but like, I've really been thinking a lot about this movie. And what I think it means. And it's just like really just planted a seed in my brain um, that I, I don't think I'm going to shake for a while. And I think I will actually recommend this movie to people yeah. because it's it's wild, but it's very engaging. It's a real good time. And I'm really grateful that you made us watch this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy to Agreed. hear that. I love when people love mm-hmm. this movie and aren't like fully traumatized by it. That's great. Yeah. This is art. I would I would argue yeah. to anybody this is actual art. Totally um, agree. With a little bit of trauma. Yeah. <laughs> like, art, art, is art not it's trauma? Art can be trauma. A little bit of trauma. <laughs> uh, Nahisha, do you want to go? Yeah, sure. Um, mine is similar. Skulls, uh, I gave it a seven. Um, scares, it's an eight for me. Uh, again, because it doesn't have to be jump scares. Like, there are body parts that are just out and it's crazy. And then also just the, <laughs> the shotgun of it all. That was in ugh, kid. Anytime kids are involved in murder stuff, I'm like high on the list sure. of scares. And then shakes. I gave it an eight as well. Like I will remember this. Uh, images will be in my brain uh, forever, but I think it was very well crafted. Great. Um, I actually have the same as both of you. Seven, eight, eight. That's like Great. dead off for the same exact reasons. Wow. Um, I will definitely be suggesting this movie with like the proper expectations. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I, I just really dug everything about this movie. And even with my gripe of like um, the explanation, like that doesn't matter to me. I could enjoy the hell out of this movie, even if it doesn't all click. But I would say 90%, 95% of this movie clicks for me. Mm-hmm. Um Sydney skulls remind me what this one is, how it addresses mental Mental health health and human behavior. Yeah. So I give this one an eight. Um, I think again, just that whole manifestation of her grief and her trauma and the revenge, not being able to get rid of that was beautifully done. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, scares, I would say seven. I think this movie, again, like the whole concept of it is terrifying, like definitely no jump scares, but it gets you more on like a psychological level and shakes. How much does this stay with you? I got to give this one a 10. I do. I mean, like I said, I watched this when I was like 16. And one of the big things that I love about this movie is like, cause the flaying scene, that's like the scene, like the point Mm. you don't see any of it. Yeah. yeah. Like you don't see her getting flayed. And that's always mm-hmm. something that stuck out to me because I swear to God, the first time I watched this movie, I was like, I must have been watching a different version. Like I watched this girl get flayed. I know I did. But like your mind just fills in the blanks. It's kind of like the Texas Chainsaw meat hook. Like you never see that meat hook go in. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Yep, yep. <clears throat> and it just like stays with you to the point where you're like making up things that don't even exist. So mm-hmm. yeah, what's that? that's the Mandela theory. Is that what it's called? 
Oh, the Mandela like, effect. Yes. Yeah, effect with like Bernstein bears, Bernstein oh, bears. Oh yes, or whatever absolutely. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, because also, what's there's another one that's like that. It's like, isn't the first saw like not bloody at all, but like we assume that it is. Like I yeah. think that's another one. Mm, yeah. yeah. And I even think like so. Jaws, like you only see the shark for what, like two minutes. Yeah. If, if that, totally. If that, yeah. Man. Which I think those movies like kind of off topic, but I think that's like way more effective. Yeah. Like the ones where your mind like fills that in for you. Yeah. So couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Um, uh, who wants to start with their suggestions? Uh, I'll start. Yeah. I just have another um, foreign horror movie that I love that I don't know how I stumbled upon it, but I was like, this is so great. And the cinematography is great. It's just The Call. It's a Korean psychological horror film. It was just so good to to my soul and spirit, but it's also two women protagonists. um, And it's, I just think how it's shot is beautiful but it's it's intense and gut-wrenching and the story is uh, yeah i just i love it so the call great uh jamie that one was pleasantly surprising yeah i have to add it to our list um i have several um so i we referenced it many times but i do think that people should watch i saw the devil um Mm. if you just want high intensity again Mm -hmm. really uh violent but like another movie that's like for me a one and done um (laughs) another movie that like also really disturbed me um but i think is worse in terms of what happens to the people surprisingly uh the poughkeepsie tapes it just made – I don't know why, but, like, that's where my brain went. I don't mm-hmm. think there's really that much connection other than, like, murdering a lot of people. Uh, mm-hmm. th- that's it. Um, <laughs> in terms of uh, an, an actual, like, French horror movie that I have seen, um, I guess it's technically a French-Belgian co-production, but I'm still counting it under French horror. Um, more body horror, but Titan. I, I knew it. I can't not mention that movie. That movie's yes. wild. Oh my it's god! So I'll wild. never forget that movie. Yeah. So if you're looking for a memorable psychological body horror, body yadi yadi horror, body yadi yadi horror. That's <laughs> emphasis. Yeah. And uh, also, a movie where like you truly don't know what's going to happen in the next scene at any point in this movie. No, not at, not all. at all. Not whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and then last, the, the one that I wrote down while I was the, talking. The Macarena. Through, what? When the, what? When, when they teach them how to do CPR with the Macarena. I'm was almost, that? I'm almost positive that's that's that movie. It might it might be. I only remember like specific scenes that I don't want to spoil <laughs> sure, for sure, folks. Sure. Yeah, 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 fair, fair. fair. <laughs> yeah, that's but not that's not one of the ones I'm. That's coming that, that to mind. That stuck with me. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, but now I'm wondering, is the Macarena at the same, at the right BPM for doing CPR? I think it's that movie. 
Anyway, I'll look it up. <laughs> I know me trying to figure it oh, out. Yeah. Okay. Because I know Staying Alive is supposed to be like the go-to one, uh, and it's kind of the same BPM. Yeah. Yes, it is. I looked it up. The the Macarena okay. is used for CPR in that movie, unlike uh, The Office, where they do Which is Staying Alive. alive. Right, yes. Right, right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh huh. Okay. Good to know I'm, that there are thank other options. God that we figured that one out. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, the last movie that I wrote down while we were talking about um, the psychological, like, long-term psychological trauma and how it impacts um, children into adulthood, uh, Smile. Aye. That's good. Sure. Excited to smile again for Smile too. Yeah. Same. Yes. Double Smile. Double. It's called Double <laughs> Smile. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. Um, cool. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of French stuff. You could watch High Tension or Raw or something to that that effect. Um, uh, I Also, here's another one. Like, I just wanted to do a – because we do have Sydney today, I just wanted to say, like, watch Dr. Sleep. Um, oh. Tension. Fran- you know, forever. <clears throat> you, mm-hmm. have, you have older people trying to – like steal something from the youth after being tortured. You have mm-hmm. like somebody growing up with trauma and never fully getting over it until they have to become a servant for somebody else with the same trauma. I think there's a lot of similar themes told in a completely different way. Um, <clears throat> so I'll go with uh, those, those three. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, for me, because I was thinking more like, you know, the French extremism horror movie. Mm-hmm. So I also mm-hmm. said high tension because I think that one also is about mental health, but it is not nearly as effective and actually probably is like pretty insulting to people with a certain mental mm. um, condition. But that's besides mm. the point. But I mean, similar in terms of like there's a twist and it addresses like mental health and very bloody. This one does have sexual abuse. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what makes it like the French extremism territory. And then another one I said for French horror films is Inside. Um, mm. ugh, yeah, Inside is <laughs> Inside is a traumatizing one. I think even more so than Martyrs. <laughs> sure. But I think this one also just like captures the desperation of the main character. Like the same desperation that you know that Anna is experiencing, the main character and inside is experiencing. And like it, the endings of French horror films are like never satisfying. Like nobody really wins. So it's kind of similar with that. And then I also just said Incident in a Ghostland because it is the same director. Mm. And that's also a really good movie with a great twist, I believe, that also shows a lot about like defense mechanisms and trauma and. Mm interesting Hmm. amazing well i think that wraps up our episode of martyrs thanks again to sydney for being with us introducing us to this movie or introducing me i know that y'all had seen it heard of it before but this is my first encounter so um it's very exciting times to add this to the rolodex of yeah. traumatizing <laughs> horror movies. Yeah, what fucked up movie are watching one, next though. time you're on? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll do Inside. Oh, boy. Oh Has boy. anybody seen Inside? <laughs> no, no, but I know. I know. I yeah. know. <clears throat> you know about it. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. 
this is a totally different conversation we can have, and I know that I did this to myself, but a lot of horror movies that I've never seen were ruined by the f- absolutely fantastic, like, scariest scenes uh, uh, mm-hmm. thing that oh, Shudder did. Yeah. Like, it was mm-hmm. wonderful. Like, I watched it, the hell out of it, and I enjoyed it, and I purposefully hit play knowing that, but, like, yes. some movies that I've never seen were unfortunately spoiled through that, but, like, that will not detract from my enjoyment of those. Mm. But I would yeah, totally oh, sure. do inside with you. No oh, question. God, if you think anything was spoiled, trust me, there's like 300 other things that <laughs> will just slap you in the face with that one. Great. So, I'm ready. Oh, Disclaimer I'm ready. Cool. to anybody listening, do not watch that movie if you're pregnant. That's all I will say. <laughs> Great. Oh, my God. Lovely. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm excited for the day when we get to talk about talk about that. Yeah. Uh, great. Well, thank you guys for listening to us. Um, you can follow us on all social medias, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at TalkHorrorPod, P-O-D. And uh, Producer Brian, where can they listen to us? You can find us wherever <laughs> you get podcasts you know you can find us on youtube hi youtube they have like new podcast playlists and stuff like that so check us out there um you can find us on spotify of course you can find us um on things like apple podcasts rate and review us there five stars please and while you're at it you could also find the hello sydney podcast on those same exact places and let's do another one uh let's give that podcast five stars please (laughs) and thank you thank you Um, (laughs) sydney thank you so much for joining us Thanks yes. for having me. I will come on and traumatize you guys anytime. Happy to be here. Yay. That Yay. is truly the greatest it. compliment. It is. <laughs> traumatize me. Yay. Hearts all around. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, is there anything you want to end uh, with? <laughs> end us with? Not really, I guess. I don't know. Like So, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Keep down. Keep doubting, baby. Keep doubting, baby. Keep oh, yeah. Doubting. <laughs> the most iconic two lines maybe ever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That was, oh, man. That was As, so it was good. pretty iconic. Yeah. Those words <laughs> haunt me in my sleep, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but uh, No, I'll end on, uh, don't forget I put the, uh, the Hello Sydney podcast in the description, so everyone check that out. <laughs> Yay. All right, guys. Yay. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Don't get played. Bye. <laughs>